Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. It's that time of the year. Your vacation is coming up. You can already hear the beach waves, feel the warm breeze, relax, and think about work. You really, really want it all to work out while you're away. Monday.com gives you and the team that peace of mind. When all work is on one platform and everyone's in sync, things just flow. Wherever you are, tap the banner to go to Monday.com. The Opinion Line on Cork's 96FM. There is a ceremony ongoing. It may be just over, but it's at least ongoing at UCC at the moment. The presentation of an honorary doctorate. Uh, the honorary degree of Doctor of Law from UCC is being presented to Louise O'Neill, the award-winning author and columnist, the author of the book and play Asking for It, and the other wonderful book called After the Silence. And she writes very interesting and often challenging columns in the Examiner uh, week to week. And Louise is being presented uh, with this honorary document. Uh, Doctorate in recognition of her work in bringing problematic issues to the fore in contemporary discourse. That's rather posh. I got a chance before we came on air to have a chat with Louise O'Neill. Uh, Dr. O'Neill, I presume. <laughs> I'm going to insist now, you know, if I'm on a flight and they say there's been an emergency, we need a doctor, I will, of course, stand up and say, I am a doctor. I can do this. Louise, many, many congratulations. Were you surprised? I mean, surprised is an understatement. I was absolutely shocked, like completely overwhelmed. And, you know, the, the imposter syndrome was was very strong, but it's just such an incredible honor and it means so much to me because you know my mother and my sister and like most of my family went to UCC um so I always feel a little bit left out when they're reminiscing about their college days so now I feel like I can sort of be an honorary member of the gang as well did you not go to, to UCC no no, I went to Trinity. And honestly, the reason is, I mean, because UCC is such a beautiful campus, um, but I was so eager to, I think, put as much distance between me and school and my hometown as possible um, at eight, when I was 18, that like Dublin seemed like the only option to me. Um, so yeah, so I, I went to Trinity. Um, but um yeah, I've got a, a real soft spot for UCC. Yeah, yeah. The wording of the citation, this is an award for your ability to discuss and dissect very difficult subjects. I remember the first time you and I spoke, Louise, you were determined to take on certain things that just mm. were never spoken about. You've, cons mm. you've consistently done that. Has yeah. it been a hard road sometimes? Um. I mean, it has in certain ways, but I mean, I suppose I remember when you and I first spoke, oh my God, was that 2014 or 2015? Um, mm. And I think so much of, you know, the the interviews that I was doing then, 
um, was around even just explaining, you know, what consent meant, what rape culture meant. Um, and I feel like the culture has moved on so much from then that it would I would find it very unusual um, or unlikely if I was asked to do the same now. Um, but I do think because of the nature of the work that I was doing and because of the, I suppose, the conversations that my work was facilitating, there were a lot of people who felt very angered by it um, and were very vocal, I think, in expressing that anger um, to me. Um, and at times that felt really frightening and very intimidating and hurtful. But, you know, I also say that you know, when I spoke to, let's say, Mary Critty at the Sexual Violence Centre in Cork before I wrote Asking For It, you know, she told me when they set up the centre in the in the 1980s, like there were protests um, outside because people were so appalled at the idea of there being, I suppose, a specific place that people could go to dis- to discuss these things. And like, I'm certainly like not dealing with the same sort of reaction that say someone like an Edna O'Brien would have been um, faced with. You know, I, I haven't been censored or, you know, any of those things. So I, I try not to be too precious, I suppose, mm. about my own hurt feelings in, in, in this journey. Yeah, I'll get to asking for it in, in a minute because I remember being at the opening night and, and literally being unable to breathe. Mm. I, I was just sat there holding my breath for this incredible production and having previously read the book as well but I'll get to it in a minute your early columns Louise I think some people kind of misread you a little bit mm-hmm. and, and couldn't quite take your, your directness at the start they've mellowed have you? <laughs> maybe we've all mellowed yeah. I don't know I mean the last two years have been sort of a difficult slog for, for everyone I, I do think that like times have changed as mm. well you know I think that maybe some of the ideas that I was discussing, you know, my start of my column in 2016, and they were definitely, I think, seen as quite controversial then, you know, particularly leading up to, let's say, the repeal the eighth um, uh, campaign and all of that, you know, that it was, tempers were high, I think. Hmm. Um, and I suppose sometimes you can feel like you're kind of caught in the crosswires. And also I would agree with that in, you know, my dad would read my articles and he would say to me something like, oh, I thought that was a very good article. I felt like you explained that in a very clear way. And then I would see on Twitter people being like, Louis O'Neill is a man hater or, you know, any of these things. And, mm. I, and I often wondered about that disconnect. And I think as a writer, you start thinking, am I not being clear enough? Am I not putting my point across, mm. um, you know, well enough that I suppose that it's being misread in this way. Um, but I do think that, you know, things have really changed um, in the last six years um, and definitely, you know, some of the columns that from maybe from the beginning of my career that were considered really controversial, I don't know if they would have had the same impact. Reading back on them now, I think in a more enlightened world, we would look back and say that in actual fact, you were ahead of the game. Well, God, PJ, thank you. I think I would say that to you. And, and I, I think you and I, we, we sometimes, we struck off each other a little bit in the earlier days <laughs> because I didn't understand you either. But, but PJ, you know what, PJ, you were always great in that you were always open to having the conversation. You know, you didn't, they were, I never got the sense with you that you were trying to shut me down, even if you completely disagreed with something I, I said. And I always respect that, I think, when you can have a, I don't know, a healthy debate about something that it doesn't turn into a screaming match. I greatly appreciate that. Come to asking for it. Like, mm. at the time, did you did you have any notion when you were writing it just how big a sensation it was going to become? Oh, of, I mean, of course not. Um, it was actually my second um, novel, but I... I think when you're writing something like that, 
you know, you're obviously doing it, or I was anyway, I suppose, with in mind, I would love this to start a conversation. I would love for some people to read this and to have their minds changed about um, rape um, and sexual violence and, and the way in which we blame victims. And I suppose the just incredible, incredibly high standards we hold women to and on female sexuality and all of these things. But you can never control, I suppose, how large that conversation is going to become. And I really think worth asking for it, like so much of it was about timing. You know, it was released in 2015 and the Me Too movement happened in 2017. So I think these kind of ideas were really percolating and people were ready to have this conversation and people were frustrated with, I think, the prevalence of sexual violence and the way in which it was so often Mm. diminished, I think. Um, And I, I have always believed that art, whether that's a book or a play or a TV show, I think is a way of facilitating what are often very difficult conversations. It allows you a way in mm. to discuss this with your children or your partner or your or your parents or, or whoever mm. um, in a way that feels kind of safer, I think. I recall, as I said to you, opening night, um, holding my breath up in the, mm. the balcony in the Everyman and realizing i had read the book of course i'd read the book but this is this is a very very firm statement to us all young and old to look at the way we view stuff yeah yeah i mean the play was incredible um you know landmark productions who were the production company behind it did just such a phenomenal job and i i remember going to see it for the first time and my whole family was there. My grandmother was there and she, she died only um, a few months later. Mm. And uh, my parents were there and my partner. And I remember like my dad getting up to stand up at the interval and he sort of fell back on the seat and he was like, my legs are shaking. And I think it was just this c- collective holding of breath you know, everyone in that, in that audience. And it's, it's really interesting because obviously, you know, when you write a book and, and that, uh, that's what I do, I write books, you don't get to experience people reading your books, you know, that like you don't sit there and watch as someone reads your book. Um, so they can tell you sort of secondhand, I suppose, how it resonated or what it made them feel. But I think to actually be in that um, theatre and to see the way in which people were responding to the yeah. actors on stage, yeah. I mean, it was kind of beyond my wildest dreams. And I think I remember I was actually talking to someone recently who had met at a, at a writer's retreat center in Monaghan. And she was saying that she had been at the play. And after it, she heard this woman in the row in front of her turn to her friend. And she said, she said, I'm going to report my sexual abuse. And I, I just think like, it's, it's, I mean, I, I don't feel any way like, you know, I don't even feel not responsible is the right word or like it's just it's beyond me at this point I think that story is so universal and so evergreen and um, it, it's kind of become I think other people's story um, in a way which I feel like I don't really feel like I have ownership over it in the same way that I do with my other books but I feel very proud I suppose of 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 just the the impact that it has seemed to have had yeah yeah your other book uh, after the silence that tackled another difficult subject but, mm. but again and I'm, I'm not buttering you up here your ability as a writer Louise is to tackle an extremely difficult and uncomfortable subject in a way that is completely unputdownable as they say about books oh that's that's very kind um I, I suppose you know I knew from the very beginning with the kind of books that I was writing that they would be 
I don't know. I mean, people say political, but I suppose that there are certain motifs or ideas that I'm kind of constantly coming back to. But I think that if you're a writer, the, the story is the most important thing, you know, and I, I, people will always say to me about my books, I read it in one sitting and, and I try and kind of keep the pace really fast and just kind of, you know, you want the story to be as gripping as possible, but that C-103 afterwards, I think, oh, you know, that they might think about something that you've mentioned in the book or an issue that you've raised um, and maybe think about it in a different way than they might have before they started the book. I mean, that will be the highest compliment I think I could receive. Yeah, yeah. Given that we've all been pretty much at home for nearly two years now, have you anything else in the works that we should be excited about? Um, I do. Um, I have a new book, which is called Idol, and that is coming out in May 2022. Um, and it's about an American wellness influencer who writes an essay about a sexual experience that she had with her best friend when she was a teenager. And the essay goes viral. But then Lisa, the best friend, gets in touch and says that's not quite how she remembers the night. Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. I, I can't wait to read it already. Louise, congratulations. Uh, Dr. Louise to you, PJ. Sorry now, Dr. Louise. <laughs> <laughs> Best of luck with everything and we'll talk again. Thanks so much, PJ. Dr. Louise O'Neill. Courts 96 FM. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here, and it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com.